And welcome, one and all, to another edition of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk and TV. We are your hosts, ghost hunters and authors. Myself, Rick Hale. He is Stephen Lancaster. Hashtag welcome to the initiative. Stephen, how are you today, buddy? Oh, getting caffeinated. I see you got that big old bottle of pop there. Getting drugged up. Soda, as you say down there in I gotta make North sure Carolina. I I take all, all of my drugs so I can deal with you for an hour. That's that's what it takes, as it should. Oh, I know. My therapist has told me. <laughs> More than once. I, I bet you wake up in the middle of the night going, ah, Rick. <laughs> no. no. Okay. Well, that's good. Then, you know, at, at least I got that going for you that I'm not giving you nightmares. So, Stephen, I thought we would start this week's show off with some holy shit news right i mean this is like i honestly did not expect this so allow me to preface it with this over the last 70 years as far as ufos are concerned we've gone from they don't exist and if you report seeing one of them you're either you know a crazy person a liar or a world-class jackass Right to the last few years, them saying, "Okay, something is flying around in our skies overhead, but we don't know what it is, but we're not willing to say that it's from another world." Okay, fair enough. To this last week, not just one, not just two, but possibly three unidentified aerial phenomena, UFOs, whatever you choose to call them were shot out of the sky over American soil, Canadian soil, and possibly Russian soil. Um, this is like burning up paranormal social media. And I am, I am truly amazed by this. I mean, do we not have enough problems on our own planet without pissing people off from another? What do you think of this, Stephen? Do you think that they're shooting down UFOs or something else well what's interesting <clears throat> is i i love being right as you probably have noticed yes we know i would say when when the when the chinese balloon thing started okay which i think is hilarious got turned into a hilarious not only a hilarious meme but also a funny snl skit <laughs> well when that started Okay, and, and I'll even I'll even throw it because this kind of sparked the conversation too. Um, mm -hmm. the 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 recent and unfortunate uh, situation with law enforcement yet again completely being out of hand with yeah. an individual and beating them. You know that's ridiculous. 
Right. Well, you know, this goes on. Chinese balloons going on. And I, I had said to, to my friends and family, I said, have you ever noticed that throughout history, every time the heat is on, mm-hmm. on a politician, something out of left field comes out of nowhere to draw people's oh, yeah. attentions, right? So well, they made an entire movie out of that called Wag the Dog, which was a great, funny, satirical movie. So, So you got... Another police beating, okay? This time, it's black guys beating a black guy because they have to mix it up, <laughs> right? You can't, it can't just always be white dudes. Sure. And so, and then we've got this mysterious Chinese balloon phenomenon, mm-hmm. which I find it so hard to believe that China would do that. They are not stupid. I, I just, I, I'm not buying into that. So I'm thinking, okay, this is just distractions, because if this truly was a threat, would we have allowed this thing to cross our entire country before blowing it up above my house? Right. Right. I mean, going going from the West Coast all the way to the East Coast, and then like, hey, let's blow this thing out of the sky. Yeah, now I get it. Okay, so I'm telling people it's a distraction, you all. If this was a serious threat, it would have been handled immediately. But then mm-hmm. these unidentified objects are getting shot out of the sky in no man's land. You know, mm-hmm. Alaska, Canada. Because <laughs> what I mean, what is Canada? You know, oh, that's, for you, that, that's for you, Terry, buddy. Um <laughs> But seriously, I, I could hear the Canadians now. Pilot to bombardier, pilot to bombardier, unidentified object. Well, we don't have any ammo, sir. Oh, America! <laughs> hey there, we buddy. Can, we can fly. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, how, how it works. But I, I don't know, man. It's like okay. At first, I thought it was a political thing. Mm-hmm. You know, with all the heat on Biden and Trump and all these secret documents and classified documents. Okay, right. we'll have a police beating. We'll have this un- unidentified uh, balloons, the China balloons. Th- this will keep people busy. But then I thought, wait a minute. Maybe this has all been a distraction because of the UFOs. We just are now going to think, okay. oh, it's just more spy balloons. Right. right. Well, I mean, that, that's what people were thinking right away, that it's spy balloons. But then these vehicles, whatever they were, were described as being long and cylindrical. So obviously that's not a spy balloon. And silver. And silver. And silver. And moving and, quietly. And, and, okay, all this technology that we have, okay, we can gather up all the little pieces of the Chinese balloons, but the objects that they they shot down in Canada and Alaska, they're unable to retrieve any of it. I call total bullshit. Wait, I hold on. You call total bullshit with the UFOs or alleged UFOs? No, with see when it was Chinese balloons, they were able to gather up the debris. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. When it's the UFOs, uh, they're unable to get it because the water's too cold was one of the excuses Mm -hmm. that that I saw. You know, dude, this is the 21st century. Right. You know, we explore Alaskan waters all the time. Don't tell me the water's too cold. 
I don't know, man. It, it's not adding up. It just it sounds conspiracy. But mm-hmm. what else is it? Somebody's hiding something. Right. So you don't think that there's anything to this. You just think that this is some kind of distraction or conspiracy no, or. I, yes and no. I think it's a distraction. The balloons was a distraction. Because right. I just don't believe China would be that stupid. Yeah, and, no, I and, totally agree with that. And, and why? Why? We've got everything at your fingertips if you want to survey the United States. Right. Why would you send a balloon just floating on by? It, it doesn't make any it, it just seems Neanderthal at this point. You know what? From what I understand about the balloon that it wasn't a spy balloon that it was just a weather balloon that got blown off course but that is a long way to get blown off course that and these things are supposedly controllable Mm -hmm. right so if it was getting off course you know why didn't he like oh hold on you know get their little controller out and put it back on course it's like playing PS5 with the weather balloon. And <laughs> if it was truly something Chinese or Asian, whatever you want to say, uh, from a, another country, and it was approaching the U.S., it, they would have known, hey, this isn't going to go over well. And yeah. I would truly believe that they would have said something. Hey, this is ours. It's went off course. There's nothing to it. Uh, can you all retrieve it? You know, something like that. Or... Th- there's got to be a self-destruct button, like destroy, 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 you know, sure. and blow it up over the water. We don't want the United States to get whatever it was was that was on it. You know, it right. just it doesn't make any sense to me, man. It, and but then you have these UFOs that are shot down. So mm-hmm. I think, oh, we've got something in the sky that's causing all this ruckus, you know, this Chinese balloon. But the whole time they're monitor- monitoring these uh, UFOs over Canada and Alaska. So they put this balloon over the United States. So when they do deal with the UFOs, it can all be one and the same. That's my thing. Uh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, what I would like to know is with the, I mean, obviously, if you're going to have fighter jets blowing shit out of the sky people are going to see it right and as we and you know in even in the most remote areas of alaska there is a there is like one dude who lives out there like a fucking mountain man and they're going to see it and they're gonna be like oh yeah i saw something getting blown out of the sky over my homestead and i haven't heard anything about that yet Everybody with cell phones, you can hear these fighter jets. They fly over our house all the time because we're so close to the Marine base, you know, and and, and the the airports and stuff. But, dude, okay, another thing that doesn't add up to me is we have technology to fuel a plane in flight. Okay, we can Mm -hmm. pull another plane up to it. And actually fuel that motherfucker in midair. Right. 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 Okay. We have technology. I've seen helicopters do it. Netting. Netting things. They're they're flying with this net that, 
you know, snags whatever it is, their target. But we choose a $400,000 missile. Not to not to mention the cost of all the fuel on those jets, which we know is not cheap. Okay. Right. All the to shoot a balloon down. If it was truly something that needed studied and was a threat to us, they would have obtained that balloon without destroying it. That's true. Very good. You're right. But so with that being said, here's what I want to finish this off with. Please. We have enough problems here on our planet without starting interplanetary war uh, with somebody who could, you know, death rays and, you know, interstellar plagues or whatever. Please don't shoot these things out of the sky. Study them. Maybe say, hey, want to drop in, you know, have a beer or something like that. You don't have to shoot these things out of the sky, especially if they're not really doing anything. Well, I'm just hoping it's kind of like the movie The Explorers from the 80s where the aliens, the aliens watch our TV. Mm -hmm. And they watch our show, so they know, hey, those two guys are all right. So when we yeah, man, we're cool. Yeah, when we come down to blow shit up, let's not hit Rick's house. Let's not hit Steven's house. Those guys were on our side the whole time. That's right. That's right. You know, it's like uh, um, it's like the uh, a friend of our show, uh, Maeve Ibanez, who we had on the uh, show about a year ago. Yeah. Um, she was like, I was born for this. So, and it's like, yeah, some of us, we are a little bit more open to the idea that there are, you know, vast amounts of life out there in this vast universe. And uh, it's, you know, some of it's going to be peaceful. Some of it's going to be warlike. And, you know, I guess we just got to roll with the punches when they finally say, hey guys, we're here. Well, with with that being said, uh, ladies and gentlemen at home, Rick and I are going to do our best to be the first show to interview one of these visitors. We're going to try yes. to get one on the show. I I don't know if Google is going to be able to translate, but <laughs> we're going to have them on the show. Hey, you know, if they're super intelligent, maybe they've been monitoring us for so long that they learned our language like that. You know, we've been trying to figure out how to take our show to the next level. We've got an awesome fan base. We love you guys who check out our show, who participate in our forums, you know, and this is the way to do it. Hey, these two guys got an actual alien on their show. (laughs) I'm going to start putting out feelers. Do it. Yeah. I mean, and, and it doesn't matter. I don't I don't care how many limbs they have, how many eye stalks they have. Please appear on our show, Alien. We would love to have or even international or, or even an interdimensional exactly. being. Come on. Yes, we can. We can zoom. And I'm, yeah. you know, we can zoom. I don't care what galaxy you're in. Just tell us your time zone and we'll make it work. There you go. So, yes, uh, please, aliens come on the show and United States government, stop blowing shit out of the sky that you don't quite understand unless it is a real honest to God threat. So thank you very much for that. All right. Moving on. Moving we on. We've got a lot so, to cover today, Rick. Thanks. We we really, really, you're quite welcome. You know, we took that two week, uh, two week break and, you know, we, we're going to, we come back strong, man. Come back strong. So I've, I've okay. learned really quickly about my best buddy here, my co-host, that I don't think he has a concept of time <laughs> no. because our messenger is like, hey, we're going to talk about this and this 
And and I'm thinking, was he laying out the shows for the entire year? No, just this episode. Well, just this episode. Well, here's the thing, man. I'm just I'm trying to do my part because you do all of the uh, production value with uh, all the production with the show. Like I honestly, I could not take a video and put it up on the screen for the life of me. I'm just not that technologically advanced. So. I come up with the material for the show. And if I happen to come up with a shit ton of stuff, and yes, that is a measurement of weighing something, um, that's, you know, so be it. Just doing my part, bud. Doing my part. All right, man. And we love you for it, buddy. We wouldn't change a thing. Thank you. Thank you. So recently I was uh, perusing through the many, many groups that I somehow belong to. Um, and there's one group that I, in particular, that I really like belonging to, and that is the Association for the Scientific Study of Anomalous Phenomenon, or ASAP, as it's known. Um, ASAP is the third, um, I guess, largest paranormal investigation serious paranormal investigation scientific group in the United Kingdom. And recently I was going through, uh, you know, a bunch of their stuff and I found this really, this really interesting. And this comes from a group that is part of their group. It's like a subgroup or whatever um, called the UK paranormal society. Uh, this is another very well respected mm -hmm. uh, paranormal investigation group in the United Kingdom. And I came across what they, they put out this code of ethics for their investigators to go by. And, you know, we're going to go over these code of ethics because it's really interesting. And I think that, and I know that you and I, we feel very, very strongly about uh, paranormal enthusiasts, ghost hunters, investigators, specter detectors, whatever it is you want to call us. We take it very seriously that we do, you know, we that we do act professionally and be ethical in our approach to investigating. That is correct, sir. I, I mean, it all. It I was all, waiting for your response there. I'm like, okay, have a good show. I mean, it's it boils down to two things to me: common sense and respect. Right. Code of conduct comes down to respect, and uh, well, like you said, professionalism and just mm -hmm. common sense, man. You right. know, and 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 you know, a motive, a motive too. You know, yeah. is your heart in it? And what is the reason for it? You know, like your post the, the other day, you know, us calling out all these fake shows and so many people making comments. They know everybody knows mm -hmm. that is not how you conduct yourself. You yeah, know, I mean, you're, you, you don't, you're a you, fake. You don't walk in. Right. You don't walk into somebody's home and scare the shit out of them and their, you know, kids and like oh yeah your place is infested with demons and your child is possessed by demons which true autobiographical that really did happen i uh, had to deal with some bullshit with that years ago um and uh you just don't do that kind of thing so yeah. i thought i thought Stephen, that we should go over these code of ethics because i think it's something that all investigators uh should abide by and I know that you saw them and I know that you agree with that, but, you know, let's share it with our listeners, our community of shadows, and uh, they can decide for themselves if they want to abide by this code of ethics, because I think it's great. I do, too. Proceed. Okay, cool. So always act responsibly, honestly, and with integrity, following good ethical practices. So I think, you know, right off the bat. It's like, be responsible and be honest. 
Don't go into people's homes and scare the shit out of them. Don't go into people's homes and fill their brains full of stuff without actually taking the time to look into it. And that happens because of the television shows. Yeah. Oh, were you going to say something? No. Oh, good. You weren't. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> always treat others with courtesy and respect, whether living or deceased. That's a huge one, Stephen. I mean, you don't go into somebody's home or their business and then act all aloof and weird with them and act like you're better than them. But you also need to respect your client's wishes as well as the people who, well, I, the dead who are, you know, haunting the place for the lack of a better term, uh, spiritually inhabiting. Um, so yeah, live, whether living or deceased, always be respectful and courteous. I agree. And, yeah, you know, and, and I want to get your thoughts on that because all too often we see these television shows where people, they walk into these places and they're like, you're going to tell me what you're doing here, ghost or demon or whatever. I mean, how, what are your thoughts on that one? It depends on the situation. You know, one out of like every hundred is possibly threatening. Mm -hmm. And maybe you do need to raise your voice or put your foot down, you know, however you want to phrase it. Be assertive. Yeah. But it's all for show when it comes to the television shows. All, all they're thinking about in their head, they're not thinking about the client. They're not thinking about the ghost that they're making up. They're, they're thinking about how many zeros does this episode add to my bank account? Right. That's, right. That, that's all they care about. Yeah. And, and we see it over and over and people we've had on this show, we've seen it. It's like, dude, you just want to be famous in any mm -hmm. capacity, any capacity. And, yeah, and we've had, we've had one or two. And I know you and I have had discussions uh, before about Phil Summers, you know, an old friend of mine. Mm -hmm. The one thing I respect that kid for is the fact he's at least honest about wanting to be deceitful. <laughs> yeah, I, that's. I mean, he I has flat weirdly respectful of that. Yeah, he has flat out said, "I don't care what it takes. I don't care if I got to fake something. I want my own show, and I want to be famous." Now, do I agree with that? No, but I respect right the fact he's not hiding it from anybody. Oh yeah, you know where other people want to pretend to have all this knowledge about the paranormal, which you and I discovered. With some of our guests, bullshit. <laughs> you don't know jack shit. Laughable. Sure. And, and a guy that we've had on the show who even said on our show he was just starting out. He was trying to get advice from us. Not now. Now he has had an investigation team since 1998. Oh. And it's like, oh, oh my yeah. God. And, and, and there was also this, uh, um, I'm just going to say what it was a, a bullshit news article about being a celebrity it's like right you know what dude just just be cool man <laughs> cool your tits homie <laughs> i i don't mind the news and the media and, and uh you know i don't mind publicity but what kind of publicity is it you know i i like I would love for us to have some publicity. I would love for somebody to write a great article about how these two normal guys are calling out all this bullshit, you know, just make it a truthful thing about our show. Right. Yeah. 
But instead of articles being like, this is the latest scientific discovery from so-and-so, here's the proof, here was the situation. No, it's about how popular they are or how many hits their videos got. What Which does are very that few. even matter in the end? Right. I know. I mean, you know, that kind of stuff is an illusion and it's um, fleeting. Um, I like this next one particularly. Um, always comply with the law, um, including government mandated rules and restrictions. So basically that is no trespassing, always get permission to be in a haunted location or where cryptids have been seen or where aliens, UFOs have been seen. Always comply with that law because I, I, I tell you what, Stephen, first off, I'm not going to last two minutes in jail. All right. I, I just, I wouldn't, I would go nuts being locked up. I can't watch a television show. Like last night we were watching 911 Lone Star and this woman is, um, which, by the way, there's a couple guys on that show who listen to this show. Um, really? Yeah, really. And um, she's like, she's stuck in this um, like shed that has got several feet of uh, sand over it. And I'm watching the show and I'm like, oh, my God. So it's like I'm. I'm extremely claustrophobic, so I wouldn't last like two minutes in jail. But um, and also too, I am not about getting shot in the ass by a bullet because I'm on some dude's property, some crazy dude's property. So fuck that. Well, first, dude, we should try to get some of these people on the show if they're fans of our show. I'm not even going to say who they are because they've asked me not to. So oh um, oh, oh so you're that guy. I am that guy. Yes, he's that guy. Secondly, the t- I'm not going to say it on air, but I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what annoys me is the people who glamorize the trespassing and yeah. the breaking of the laws. You know, like our favorite douchebag from what season one or season two? What was that? The 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 whole finding the skull. You, you remember this guy? Found, he remember skull. they found the skull, a human skull in the woods. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I remember you that. Know, dude. This it's you're glamorizing the fact that you've been. How many laws did you break? You know, and, right. and I hate that because it, it it takes you back to this like twelve year old, thirteen year old mentality. You know, like come on, Rick, come on, Rick, let's sneak in real quick. We'll take some pictures. Hey guys, look at where we're at. We're not supposed to be here. We're you doing know? TikToks and we're dancing around while hunting ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, dude, act your fucking age, man. Right. Not your shoe size. Ah. I agree. So no trespassing. Don't be a dumb shit. Moving along. Always treat members of the public fairly and honestly with good intentions, compassion, discretion, and confidentiality. Now that last one, that's an awesome one because I have had many investigations myself in the past where the client was like, Please don't say where our house is. Don't say where our business is. Don't say our names. And it's like, that's cool because I would never want somebody doing that to me and my family. So if you have an investigation, please keep it confidential. You don't have to tell everybody, you know, where this is or their name. Unless they're open to it. You know, I've I've got to throw that out there. You know, fucking decades ago, I did a show called Monster Vision TV, and we made sure 
you know, hey, this this is what's going to happen if you're okay with it. This is going to become an episode. We're going to put it on our YouTube page. Your business or whatever is going to be exposed. Are you okay with that? And 85% of the time, nobody had issue with it because we were very respectful about everything. Um, mm-hmm. But that 15% that didn't, we still worked the case just as hard. You know, it, it, we just didn't, you know, put it out there. I, you know, that was their their wishes. Right. Yeah. Like that, like that elderly man, um, he was a uh, Korean war vet who I met back in the 90s, who I honestly believe was a legitimate alien abduction. He, his family asked me, and he's been dead now for God years, um, asked me, don't say his name. And I'm like, I'm cool with that. So I will take his name to the grave with me. Well, you know, and it's, it's also a learning experience too. Um, because like we, we had done an investigation of the old vision hosiery mill, um, in a little town, uh, Belmont, Belmont, North Carolina. And, uh, they were super excited to have us there. We, they were super excited. We were going to make it an episode because we did find some things and, I released the episode, put all this work into it, released it. And the owner contacted me. He said, man, I love it. But, you know, this is representing a business. He said, is Mm -hmm. there any way you can take out the profanity? And, And to me, I never even thought about it because I just don't view profanity the way other people do. You know what I mean? It's just a word to me. Right, and right. In, in our defense, it was natural reactions to shit like, oh, fuck, you know, stuff like mm-hmm. that. It wasn't just saying fuck for the sake of saying fuck. But I told right, the guy, right. I said, yeah, I'll, ha- I'll have to redo everything, but not a problem. And I went back in and I used the sensor beep, fixed it all, and he was completely fine with it. But there's not many people out there in, in, in social media and stuff that that have that level of respect man they just don't give a fuck yeah <laughs> you said fuck like five or six times in the last two minutes so okay <laughs> always fulfill your duty of care to members of the public who seek your help including the safeguarding of vulnerable persons ensuring that no distress or harm is caused and the most appropriate help is sought. So, you know, not only to be respectful, but, you know, uh, you, you, you are occasionally going to have a family out there seeking your help who has a person in the household that's a child or that is disabled. Um, always be conscious of that and, you know, Always do what's right by them. And if they need appropriate help, get them the appropriate help. You're not a cop. You're not a priest. You are not a um, a psychologist. You're none of those things. Ghost hunter. Keep that in mind. You kind of beat me to that because it, there is a responsibility that comes with that. You know, mm-hmm. and, and you know, I, I can't talk about it, but you know of the case I had in Tennessee where it was a child abuse case. I've had those. I've had one or two of those, too. You know, and it's it's your responsibility to report it. You may not want Mm -hmm. to. You may feel kind of dirty doing it. And I did. But I had to. You know, we're we're, a lot of people just walk away from it. But nah, man, we're human beings first. Yeah. Yeah. With my uh, with the job that I had before I got sick and lost my leg, I was um, part of being that job was being a mandated reporter and a mandated reporter, you are required by law 
to report any kind of abuse or criminal activity. And even as a paranormal investigator, I had to. There was a few times that I went into a house where I'm like, there's something fucking weird going on here other than your house being haunted. So yeah, there were a couple cases where I had to contact the state of Illinois about this. Um, moving along. Always treat locations and anything within the location with courtesy and respect. Ensuring permission is given for your activities, uh, site rules and procedures are followed, and no loss or damage is caused. Do not trespass or enter areas of premises without permission. So there again, we have the trespassing thing. But I don't know if you remember this, Stephen. This was God, maybe seven or eight years ago. Some jackasses down in Louisiana were, you know, looking at a, you know, haunting at a plantation and burned the fucking yes house we, to the ground. We covered that on this show. We did. Yes, I know. We yeah. Yeah. Even though it happened like years and years ago. Yeah. But again, they were they were there when they should not have been there, and they did not do their due due diligence to make sure that this historic home was treated respectfully and with you know being respectful and with courtesy. But instead, they burnt the place to the ground, and it happens all the time, dude. It does. It does. And it ruins it for the real researchers. But th this isn't so much a, a code of conduct thing, but more of advice um, to you investigators, you ghost hunters out there that that are, are trying to assemble a team or you, you have a team, a group uh, of uh, colleagues um, that that was something which, you know, I, I uh, worked very hard at like when mm -hmm. we, we had on our website um that we were looking for investigators it wasn't just we are looking for investigators contact us it was we are looking for an electrician we are looking for a carpenter we are looking for somebody in the medical field we are looking for law enforcement or former law enforcement former military current military we were looking for these things that would help in cases like we were just talking about you know, right. where it's not the ghost and it's something else. You've got the carpenter that can figure things out. You've got the electrician who can figure things out. You got the psychologist who can let us know, hey, they need to seek, you know, mental illness help, you know, stuff like right. that. Think about these things when you're trying to put together a team. It's not a club. It's not a right. hangout. You know, it's not just, oh, how cool are we going to look in black with our arms crossed walking in slow motion? It's not <laughs> it's not that. You know, think about what's going to be best for your client and your case. You don't need five, six of the same people. Right. And you know what I really like about you, what you do with your group, and I'm going to do if I ever start my own group, you actually do background checks. That is correct. On, on the people that you uh, work with, which yep. I think is phenomenal because how many times do we hear horror stories of people like, you know, this guy is a pedophile. Mm -hmm. Or this woman is a, a thief of some kind and, you know, they've done time, you know, that those, those are not the kind of people that you want to associate with, or, you know, guys that come on shows completely high out of his mind. Right. You know who I'm talking about, buddy. <laughs> the paranormal crackhead as I call him. But, 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 you know, Rick, at, at, 
that that background check is so important nowadays, man. Like like you said, with with the pedophiles, rapists. I, I mean, I, I I'm not saying that people can't change. People can't reform. We've all made mistakes, man. I did mm-hmm. a bunch of dumb stuff as a kid, you know. I'm not uh, that person anymore. But I had a guy who applied, and I ran his background, and it was check fraud, check fraud, theft. All, all everything led to some form of theft. I, like, I can't have this man in, in in client homes, right? You know, and I had to turn him down, and I told him why. You know. Tough shit, man. Don't, you know, hey, don't do the crime if you can't do the time, right? So always ensure, now I, this is, this is one I really like because I think that people oftentimes take a lot of risks when they do this kind of work because they see it on TV and I'm going to explain, go into that further. Always ensure the safety of yourself and others and have appropriate insurance in place should something go wrong. So allow me to say this with, you know, to start off this. On these television shows, okay, they have they have members of the production team. Their job is to go into these abandoned buildings and sanitize the place to make sure that there is nothing there that is going to hurt their um, investment, meaning the people that are on the show. That was actually told to me by a guy who was on one of these television shows, and um, you as an investigator. You don't have that. So please be safe. Um, you know, you can always carry equipment on you, uh, things like CO2 detectors. Um, you, you know, you already carry uh, EMF, check for high EMFs. Um, you don't have to walk around these places in the dark with just your green screen on your light going. Keep a fucking light on, man, because the last thing you want to do is be in one of these places alone and you have somebody attack and kill you or you fall and hurt yourself. And, and we've talked about this before. I, I told you I started a, a, a horror novel based on that very concept of what if there was a serial killer who targeted paranormal investigators due to their anonymity. Right. They can't talk about where they're going, where they're going to be, and you get in this house and he just happens to be this madman. You're his camera crew. He's filming it all. Well, you're actually filming it for him. He mm-hmm. kills everybody. He's got his little tapes he can watch, you know, and nobody ever knows. Nobody ever knows, man. Yeah. No, and I think that's a great idea. Especially, you know, since uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? The the paranormal teams nowadays have this criteria where you have to be hot. Gosh, you got to be a good looking like, guy. Oh, oh, oh. You know, you gotta we have, don't have that problem here. You know, you got to <laughs> have the, the chick with the, the nice tight ass, you know, and she makes sure she wears her pants to show it that way. Yeah, you go on. You go on into somebody's house who's a rapist and don't tell anybody you're there and see what happens. Because what I didn't say earlier is not only do I do background checks on my colleagues, my investigators, but I do it on the clients too. Yeah, I mean that's a great idea. You can you, there there's there there is no such thing as too much safety. Always be safe. Okay. So next, do not def- 
I swear to God, my eyes, man. Uh, do not default, abuse, or exploit members of the public or locations, whether financially or otherwise. Holy shit, that is a huge one. Uh, because I have actually heard some horror stories about, you know, people financially exploiting um, uh, the client. And this is one that I had to deal with many years ago where this woman, and I've talked about it on the show before, this woman and her special needs daughter were experiencing poltergeist activity in her home. Um, so this group came in. And they were like, well, your house is infested with demons and your daughter's possessed by the devil. This was a girl with severe, se who is severely autistic, like nonverbal. Um, and we're going to charge you $3,000 to cleanse your home. Fuck you. You're going to charge $3,000 to cleanse this woman's home. That was absolute insanity. So, yeah, do not exploit the public for your own financial gain. Well, that, you know, I, and, I, and I'll say this till the day I die. I have no issue with clients on their own behalf offering up, hey, can we cover your travel expenses? Can we, is there anything mm -hmm. we can help you all out with? I have no issue with that. Because no, I don't that, think that's, that's unreasonable the, at all. Yeah, that's on them. It's not something we require, or I should say require because I run independently now, but um it's not something I require, but hey, if if you want me to drive up to Maryland and spend a weekend, uh, nine hour trip in investigating your property, and you say to me, "Hey, I know it's a trip. We'll cover your gas. We'll put you up in a hotel." I have no issue with that. Mm -hmm. But I also have no issue if I agree to do it, being bitter because I spent money to do it. You know, so mm -hmm. it, it's to me. The client is the investment because they're giving me an opportunity to research something else. You know, that's the payment for yeah. me, you know. And let's just and let's just be clear with our listeners and our viewers here. This is not charging the client. Right. This is the this is the client donating. Right, right. So, it's not like on huge the, difference on the website. It says three tier pricing, uh, four hour investigation with two investigators will cost you this, you know, a six hour investigation. And I've seen it. I mm -hmm. have seen it. And it, it's I feel bad for the people who do it. Yeah. Um, this should go without saying. But it needs to because it happens. Um, and I don't think that. I think that very little explanation or comment needs to be made with this one. Do not deceive the public by falsifying evidence of paranormal activity, deliberately presenting yourself in, as having skills or abilities that you do not, i.e. fake psychics, um, or deliberately presenting equipment or objects as having capabilities they do not. I think that that really speaks for itself and there's not a whole lot of comment that needs to be made on that. Don't falsify paranormal stuff. Don't tell people you're a psychic when you're not, um, you know, so forth and so on. So I'm, unless you have something that you want to speak to that. No, I, I, I agree. I agree. I, I, okay. I, my team never ran. We never, told our when i would finish a case file and submit it to the client when it was all said and done there was never a section 
that said so and so felt this and this is what it is now now there were personal experiences written into the case files but it was never like so and so envisioned this I, we never long story short we never included anything that couldn't have been proven sure all right excuse me do not deceive the public by deliberately misrepresenting scientific or historical facts now mostly speaking to the historical facts you get a lot of paranormal teams out there especially paranormal teams on tv who make up historical facts to fit the narrative of why the haunting is occurring yes ghost adventures is good for that yes uh we've actually i've i i think we have but we've spoken to people in the past that's like yeah ghost adventures and zach made that shit up to sound you know to blow it out of proportion on the television show that right. happens all the time it does it does it's like we talked about on a previous show these things can be researched when they say a murder took place in that building you can research that and find out that guess what no murder took place in that building right these things that these investigators on tv talk about would have police reports and you can search this stuff it's publicly accessible so when they say something happened hor horrific, look it up. And I guarantee you the only reference to it is going, going to be the show that said it. Right, right. And then that kind of stuff, it just keeps going and going and going. And it's a vicious cycle. Before you know it, it's, it's a complete folklore, complete lies, whatever. Um, do not make false or misleading promises or claims to members of the public. And do not give false hope, which we uh, we know that that happens. Unqualified medical advice or uh, predictions that could negatively impact on a person's life decisions or cause emotional distress. So there's a lot to unpack with that one. Do not make misleading promises. Do not go into somebody's house and you're like, yes, I will get rid of this this spirit that is causing all sorts of chaos in your life. Don't do that. Uh, don't give uh, misleading medical advice unless you are actually a doctor, um, which is funny because it's like the doctor who did the surgery on my leg, uh, Dr. Rex Harding. He, um, he, he was actually into the paranormal and he told me so. Uh, him and his daughter, um, unless you are an actual doctor, psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever, do not give people medical advice. That is not your place. Agreed. Okay. All right. <laughs> Moving right along. Uh, and this is last. This is the last one. Um, do not, I'm going to blow that up. Do not coerce, lead, or persuade members of the public into doing things that they do not want to do or do not fully understand. So here's one thing that I like to do when I um, investigate somebody's home. Um, I know that, you know, you know, like ghost hunters and stuff like that, they're like, you know, uh, we don't want you in the house. You need to leave. No, because for me... A haunting may be person-centered rather than place-centered. So I'm going to want the family there. But with that being said, I'm not going to allow them to take part in the investigation unless they want to. 
and you shouldn't make somebody be a part of it because you may have somebody who is scared shitless as it is. They just want answers. Let them sit back, man, and watch you work and do your thing with honesty and integrity. Word. Word. So, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you so much to the Association for the Scientific Study of Anomalous Phenomenon and the UK Paranormal Society for this. This is fantastic. I hope you guys listen to the show. And um, and I really honestly hope, Stephen, that with the ghost hunters and paranormal investigators, whatever, who listen to the show, please take these things to heart. And please understand that this is not us trying to tell you how to conduct your own investigations. This is just us teaching you how to con how to conduct your investigations with honesty, integrity, and empathy. Right. And before we move on to my favorite news of the weird part. Um, oh, no. Actually, I think that we're I, I want to read this uh, this listener story. Oh, we got that, too. Well, before yes. we do that. Okay, OK, I do want to mention uh, to our listeners at home, our distributor our distributor um, for the podcast is currently having uh, technical issues, website issues. Um, they've emailed me again, probably every client that they have, and, and they're having issues with their site. So until they get that remedied, which they said would probably be in the next 24 to 48 hours, um, the podcast version of this episode won't be available until then, but the video version will. Right. Cool. All right. What, what, uh, what, what which one? Red Circle. It, Red, Red Circle, Circle okay. is our, and I'm not saying that to talk bad about them because I love Red hmm. Circle. Uh, they're just having some issues. It started on Friday. And okay. um, with it being the weekend, I'm sure it's like, hey, we got to wait till our tech nerd comes back Monday, you right. know. Um, but they're, they're the ones that we pay to distribute to Apple, Spotify, all that stuff. But it all starts with them. So when their site's down, it, nothing can go anywhere. Okay. Yeah. So thank you, Red Circle. And I hope you can get that all worked out because I think we get most of our listeners from podcasts rather than, you know, them checking us out on YouTube. Um, so, okay. Uh, last week or two weeks ago, I sent out, you know, another one of those, Hey, send us your stories. We want to read them on air. And I got a number of them. So over the next few weeks, you know, we're going to be, I'm going to be reading a story or two. This one is really good though. This is from a listener. His name is Len, uh, Len Novak, and he's the director of the Illinois Ghost Society in Chicago Ridge, Illinois. So, you know, hey, I'm always going to accommodate a fellow Chicagoan, right? Um, so this is what Len has to say. I have had experiences since I was five years old. I grew up in a haunted house in Chicago and had many experiences. There were two most compelling incidents that were very strange. I don't get scared very easily. But the one that really freaked me out was when I first got married. I was in bed, and I could see the doorway to the kitchen. There was a glow from the wall furnace in the hallway. I happened to wake up and saw a dark figure in the doorway. Next morning, I was getting dressed, and my wife was pouring a cup of coffee. She dropped the cup and called me. I went out to see what was wrong. She pointed down the hall toward the living room. Standing in the living room was the dark figure. After a short time, what the hell? I don't know what's going on, but like my Alexa was just talking. 
Uh, I couldn't hear it. Okay. Um, I went out to see what was wrong. She pointed out the hall toward the living room. Standing in the living room was the dark figure. After a short time, it faded away. In 2006, my best friend and I worked in, in emergency management. After an event four, after an event, four of us decided to visit a local cemetery in the forest reserves. It was October and leaves were on the ground. At around 10.45 p.m., we started out and down a trail to the street. We were about halfway when we could see the streetlight. Suddenly, there was a lady and a small girl about seven years old. They were dressed in what appeared to be 1800s dress. Being near Halloween, we thought they were from a party. The lady asked where the cemetery was. We didn't think nothing of it except... Why would a mother bring a young child to a cemetery that late at night? She said she wanted to show her child the graves. We said it was just down the trail. And I, I get a feeling they're talking about um, Bachelors Grove Cemetery here. Uh, she thanked us and they walked by and we turned and there was no sign of them. We looked at each other puzzled and realized when they approached, then walked past us. There was no sound of leaves crunching like when we were walking. This last story was a reason for my partner and I started the Illinois Ghost Society. Currently, my second wife and I live in a condo that is also haunted, as we have had many experiences here with apparitions and sounds and objects being moved. We've had five different psychics that I work with tell us that we have spirits. I could tell more, but the paranormal is a long road. So thank you so much, Len Novak, for sharing your stories with us. Um, they were great. I know that Len, is a, he's, he's a stand-up guy. Uh, well-respected in the uh, Chicago paranormal community. And, uh, you know, hey, thanks for sending those stories, bud. Uh, good job. Great work. Thank you. No, we do appreciate it, y'all. I don't know why we get we get so much participation on our social media pages, but when it comes to um, <laughs> trying to get people to give us shit to put on the show, it's like, oh, uh, I think they're scared of us, man. <laughs> no, it's like we want we want to hear your stories because this is what this show is about. This show is not about having the famous paranormal people and kissing their ass on this show. No, we want your stories and we want to talk to normal people just like Stephen and I. Uh, we want to hear we want to hear what you have to say. Right, and and I would use that word normal rather loosely. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So. <laughs> So again, thank you, Len Novak, for that, and um, hope to hear more from you soon. Because I know you got a ton of stories to tell. Now, Stephen, what the hell? I'm trying to get my shit to focus. Oh yeah, does this? See, normally you're just blurry to me, anyways. So really, <laughs> no. Um, so hey, um, here at the Shadow Initiative, we like to. Um, Talk about those news stories that really don't get, you know, enough, you know, airtime that they deserve. So we like to bring them here and share them with you and get what you get, what you think about this. So this is great. This one comes from Vice News. The Christian right is having a meltdown over the satanic Grammys. So before I, before before I read this, all I got to say is, thankfully now, Motley Crue, Slayer. And heavy metal is just being left alone. So that, that's what blows my mind about this story is Alice Cooper is still touring. Marilyn Manson, <laughs> who if there was an Antichrist, it would probably be him. Mm -hmm. And he would be the Antichrist 
superstar. Anyway, so you know what I'm saying? It's like, dude, this shit goes on every day. This is is every day. It just happened to be on the Grammys this time. Yeah, and this is this is great. Now I didn't see the Grammys because yeah, I'm not really into mainstream music, and I don't give a shit anyways. But this story is amazing. So the Christian right is in a tailspin after the Grammy Awards, not because they feel that Beyonce was robbed of Album of the Year, but because they think the event organizers, in conjunction with Pfizer, I don't know if that has anything to do with, were trying to summon the Antichrist. Sam Smith and Kim Petras gave a fiery performance of the Grammy Award-winning single Unholy. Uh, Smith wore red leather, while Petras danced in a cage surrounded by flames. Uh, Dominatrix-esque dancers wearing horns and holding riding crops surrounded them. And at the end, Smith donned a top hat replete with devil horns and danced with a cane. Uh, The Grammys featured Sam Smith's demonic performance and was sponsored by Pfizer tweeted far-right congresswoman marjorie taylor green first off folks this is no political commentary so please don't bore us with all that stuff um american she says that american christians need to get to work satanic panic conspiracies have been have seen a resurgence in the past decade thanks to the rise of QAnon, which borrowed many decades old themes and secrets our fears of secrets, powerful satanic cabals preying on children's innocence. So I'm going to leave it right there because I really don't feel like dealing with all that political stuff. It just makes me sick to my stomach, right? So, but I know, like you, Stephen, you're you know you're, you're just a few years younger than me. You're you're middle aged guy, so you remember. <laughs> That's right, folks. Stephen is 45. So, anyways, um, yep, yeah, I, I see it. I see it. At least we all see it. Um, so you remember the satanic panic of the of the eighties and the nineties? Oh yeah, Dungeons oh, and Dragons and oh, Ozzy biting heads off of doves. And I mean, it was awesome. Motley Crue, oh Shut yeah, the devil. But I mean, it even predated that. The Rolling Stones were accused of devil worship. I mean, it, dude, it's it's ridiculous, man. It's abs- It's art. It's it's all in what you make it. You know, they want to raise a big to-do about this performance, yet there are hundreds of performances just like it happening every week all over the world. But they don't want to raise hell over a priest who was getting spanked by two dominatrix in a church? Right. I, I guess I guess maybe because it's like a dude, I guess it's like, OK, but, you know, Kim Petras is whoever she is, is, you know, dancing around and singing in red leather, which, you know, hey, big deal. But yeah, so um, it, it, that is uh, who cares news? It really, really. <laughs> I mean, like, what does it really matter? And now in other news, water is wet. Um, this one is great, too. Like. Flavor Flav spent $2,600 a day on drugs for six years at the height of his crack addiction. Now, I loved Public Enemy. Of course you did. Like, Fear of a Black Planet, that was the album that was guaranteed to make a racist uncomfortable. Like, I loved that album from start to finish. So during a recent interview on the podcast, Off the Record with DJ Academics, the 60, 63, holy shit, 63-year-old rapper shared that he was addicted to cocaine, crack, weed, alcohol, and cigarettes for 18 years straight. Flavor Flav is opening up about his struggles with drug addiction and revealed the financial toll on his discrepancy. Now, before I go any further, I just want to say we're not making light of people's uh, dependency on drugs or alcohol here. 
Um, during a recent interview on the podcast, Off the Record with DJ Academics, I already did that. He has also uh, got candid about the cost of his habits. There was a time that I was spending $2,400 to $2,600 a day for six years straight. You do the math, Flavor Flav said. That's how much I spent on drugs. I mean, wow. I can't imagine spending that kind of money on drugs or alcohol. I mean, that is a serious um, substance dependence problem there. But all I can say is I'm glad that Flav has got his act together now and he is sober in recovery. Awesome. Yeah, very, very awesome, man. And it, it happens to a lot of people. It happens to a lot of people, man. And and money just is is just no object because you got to have what your body says you've got to have. Yeah. Um, and in it's about fucking time news. <laughs> Indiana Senate passes bill to legalize the throwing stars. Man, yes. Dude, it's about goddamn time. Yeah, you, right. you know, you remember as a kid, you know, taking like, you know, using up your mom's tinfoil and making throwing stars. Um, well, hey, Indiana has said, we're going to pass this. We're going to allow this so you can walk around carrying ninja throwing stars. The Indiana State Senate passed a bill this week that would legalize throwing stars. Is there not other things that need to be taken care of? That's my question. Uh, Senate Bill 77 actually came from a constituent who owns a putt-putt golf course called Ninja Golf. Um, explained State Senator Linda Rogers, Republican Granger, one of the lawmakers backing the proposal. Throwing stars are currently illegal in Indiana, as they should not be, but thankfully not anymore. But Rogers' bill would lift that ban for recreational use. Recreational use for throwing stars. Uh, star throwing is allowed in other states where it is frequently found at axe-throwing businesses. We actually got a place like that here in town. It's like an axe-throwing place. And uh, I'm gonna, you know, take my son over there so we can throw some axes. But um, that that's remarkable. I mean, isn't there other things that they could deal with, like things that really do affect the lives other than nerds trying to live out their, you know, ninja fantasies? This is amazing. Hey man, I, I'm I'm staring at a Batman throwing star right mm-hmm. now that would slice your jugular right open. Hail, I got it. Good over to know. There. I Good got knows. it over there, and I know how to use it. Seriously, dude, I look – I'm sure you do, nerd. Um, I love your room, and it's like Jamie is always asking, you know, when are you ever going to be able to go to Steven's house and play? <laughs> <laughs> but but, but, and, but it, it, in relation to this story, I always found it funny because I grew up in the mountains of western Maryland, you know, where you left your doors unlocked – Everybody had firearms, everybody hunted, fished together, you know, it it was just, that was normal life for me, you know, school shootings and all this stuff that's today's world. That wasn't even a thought any of us had because we respected, uh, we respected what you're supposed to respect and that's life. Um, but in Maryland, Maryland has very strict gun laws okay Mm -hmm. which is really interesting because i mean it's full of rednecks but it's mainly because of dc and baltimore you know these bigger areas uh on the east coast you can rick live out your highlander fantasy in the state of maryland 
It is completely legal to carry a fucking sword in the state of Maryland. (laughs) Thank you, Maryland. You can't carry a pistol, but you can carry Connor McLeod's sword. I mean, I I guess it's like, look, if you're going to kill somebody, the state wants you to work for it. (laughs) So... (laughs) Beheadings <laughs> are on in the state of Maryland. Shootings, not, not so, much. so much. Not so much. They want to make sure you work for it. And I had nice. a buddy who lived out this dream, my friend. His name was Jarrett. Okay. And uh-huh. this was back in high school. And him and I worked at McDonald's. And there was always this joke about how nobody wanted to get trapped in the walk-in freezer with Jarrett. Okay, and I went to his house one time after work because he was having a little party and I, and a beautiful old farmhouse that he inherited. And uh, there was this one room upstairs that had all these locks down the fucking door. And of course, you're going to ask what's in that door, right? Or who's in there? <laughs> right. So he it took about 30 minutes. He gets everything unlocked. He opens the door. Every medieval weapon you could possibly imagine was in this room that no guns that this guy had it all man the ball with the spikes that you swing around on the chain i mean oh, he had a guillotine in there rick a guillotine and it worked because <laughs> we did it with a watermelon okay so what? this is what happens when drunk guys get mixed with medieval weapons so but he wore this black leather trench coat was obsessed <laughs> with Highlander. Okay, now I like the Highlander movies and the television too. show, but I'm not quite like that. And, and I loved, I loved it all. And, and he carried around a fucking sword. He ca- everywhere, everywhere he went, because back then stores didn't have metal detectors. Sure, sure. So him and I would go into a store and nobody knows that he's got this sword underneath this fucking trench coat. Is that a sword in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? It's like, dude, what are you planning on doing with that? You you walk, you carry it all the time. Weird. That is nuts, dude. I, I, yeah, I mean, are you sure he's not an immortal? He might be. All I know okay. is I, I should probably look him up after this show. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> do those background checks, man. Because one time, me and him, a couple other buddies, my old guitar player, we went to see uh, Ozzy in Pittsburgh. And mm-hmm. he drove, right? And this was an all-day event, my brother, okay? All day. He did, Now, here's the thing. He was um pretty straight edge guy for a guy who would hold parties. I think it was just to show off his stuff. And so he didn't funny that you'd say straight edge with the sword, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, 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 uh, he didn't drink at this concert and it was huge. It was Pantera, Ozzy, uh, prong. There was a bunch of bands, man. And, uh, by the time this thing ended at two in the morning, we were wasted. Okay, totally wasted and had a two and a half hour drive back home. But Jarrett mm-hmm. was sober. So we're all piled into his big Impala, like a 70s Impala now. And nice. he's we're all passing out. 
Like I'm in the back seat passing out. Everybody's passed out but him. Okay. Then all of a sudden, do, 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 do. we all wake up. What the fuck? Right? He just kind of turns around. I just hit a deer. <laughs> this guy is so calm about this stuff. Wow. And he um, carries a sword. That's that's actually sort of spooky. Jared, anyway, if you're buddy. out there, buddy, we want to bring you on the show. We want to learn about your lifestyle. Yeah. You carry the sword. Have you ever had the Quite use a lifestyle? And how many heads have you taken? Right. Um, so moving along to our last story, which is this shit probably happens all the time because it's Iowa. Um, naked man ran through Des Moines, and I'm gonna say you know, I'll say it like we do here in Illinois, Des Moines. A uh, hotel swinging a toilet plunger, police say. Like, I love this story, right? So in Des Moines, Iowa, a 21-year-old man is accused of running naked through a hotel in Des Moines, Iowa, wielding a toilet plunger and pulling fire alarms, authorities said. Uh, Trevin Wayne Hill, 21. How come these guys always have th three names? Just like a like serial killer, name. man. Exactly. Um, of Las Vegas was arrested on January 28th and charged with assault while displaying a dangerous weapon. First degree criminal mischief and disorderly conduct, according to Polk County online booking records. Now, I think I may have stayed in this hotel. <laughs> was it um, you, Rick? No, it wasn't me. I swear to God. Um, according hey, one to the Des Moines... naked man with a plunger. That's Rick. According to the Des Moines Police Department, Hill approached the victim in the 18th floor uh, stairwell at the Des Moines Marriott downtown with a toilet plunger, uh, KCCI-TV reported. Uh, according to court documents, the naked man yelled, I'm going to expletive get you. I'm thinking probably fucking get you. Yeah. As he chased the victim, what's he going to do, like plunge him to death or something? Like. I have no idea. Um, the television station reported. Police said that multiple people saw Hill allegedly pull fire alarms around the hotel, according to KCCI. The man continued running on several floors, swinging the plunger, <coughs> excuse me, until he was subdued by police officers. Hill was booked into the Polk County Jail and posted bail on January 29th. According to court records, he pleaded not guilty to the charges. Hang on. <coughs> I'm like choking on my own spit here. Charges on Thursday and will appear in a court at a later date record show. So um, I never considered a plunger to be a deadly weapon before, but I guess if wielded right, it could be. You know, he missed the boat. He missed the boat because, you know, there's surveillance of this. See, you got it. The problem with these guys is they want to be a showman, mm -hmm. but they don't take it quite to the showman level. He right, should right. have strapped on. Yeah, I said strapped. <laughs> he should have strapped on a Bluetooth so speaker, mature. a Bluetooth speaker, playing the Super Mario theme as he did this, do, 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 and just start running, pulling the fire alarm. Do, 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 do. <laughs> That would have been fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jumping on police like they were, you know, little mushroom guys and all. The oh, yeah. That would have been great. Yes. So, yeah. So there's so please, there has got to be footage of this somewhere. And if you have, you know, a talent for that kind of thing, please, Stephen, I'm talking to you specifically. <laughs> um, and uh, please, dear God, find this footage. 
put the Super Mario Brothers theme music to it. Oh, man, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be fantastic. So that is our news of the weird. We got throwing stars. We got satanic concerts. We have a dude with the plunger and Flavor Flav getting his shit together. Uh, Which good job for him. Good job. For thank him. you, Flav. Uh, still love you, man. So, yeah, um, that's news of the weird. So if you got anything, we're going to move on to Ghostwatch. Let's move on to Ghostwatch, bro. All right, man. Oh, there is something that I want to share. Uh, recently, I saw an article where we are in the top five most popular supernatural uh, television or, or rather um, podcasts in the world. Like out of thousands of podcasts, we're in the top five. I know, this right? world? This world. Oh, Not okay. out there in the multiverse. That we know. This world. That we know. Yeah. Hey, the aliens could be out there, man. Like, we could be number one. Yep. We could be number one. Um, so, yeah. So, thank you for that. And uh, we are not going to stop until we are El Numero Uno. And then we're going to stop? Oh, no. It's world <laughs> domination, buddy. Oh, world yeah. domination. Oh, yeah. It's with world swords. domination, Jerry. With, world domination. With swords and throwing stars. Yes. So with this ghost watch, we're going to do something a little bit different. Really not so much about ghosts, but this is something that happened not too far from where I live. Um, and I knew about it back when I was a kid, only because my uncle was actually friends with one of the people that this happened to. Um, so this is from an article that I wrote for Supernatural magazine called The Grass Lake Horror. I'm Rick Hale. And this is a very special ghost watch. High strangeness is phenomena in the paranormal generally associated with UFOs and related phenomena. However, during these rare occurrences, poltergeist phenomena, bizarre electrical disturbances, and sightings of creatures that do not seem to fit in uh, with the creatures said to populate the crypto zoo. What makes high strangeness so well strange is that it seems to completely defy logic that even the most seasoned paranormal investigator finds themselves at a complete loss for an explanation. In my home state of Illinois in the 1970s, there was a case of high strangeness that terrified all who experienced it. The bizarre events that occurred in the quiet northern Illinois town of Grass Lake lasted for two years and drove those who experienced it to the point of madness. Like many reports of paranormal activity, the Grass Lake encounters began innocently enough. On a warm summer night, the local police and fire department began receiving numerous uh, telephone calls from people claiming to see large orange balls of light hovering over the small lake community. The police were at a loss of what to do concerning the strange balls of light hovering in the sky, but they had a job to do and responded. When the police arrived to investigate the reports, they saw absolutely nothing out of the ordinary. Not a single orange ball of light hovered overhead. Although the police found nothing, this did not stop the witnesses searching for answers. The very next day, the witnesses contacted UFO groups as well as New Age groups in the hopes that they could give them some answers and help them understand what they had seen. Shortly after contacting these groups, the activity went from merely seeing a few balls of glowing lights. Whatever this strange power was became something sinister. The families of Grass Lake, Illinois, believed something evil was at work in their sleepy little town. As the en entire 
occurring, one resident, Mrs. H, kept a journal detailing what her and her family were experiencing. One journal read, November 17th, 1973, around 10 p.m., Mrs. H witnessed a large, dark shadow standing at the end of her bed. At first, she thought it was her husband, but when she turned on the light, the creepy shadow vanished. Mrs. H now believed that something evil inhabited her home, and the orange ball of lights may have brought it. Although there was a great deal of activity going on in the H household, other residents of Grass Lake reported frightening activity in their homes. On numerous occasions, strange hair-covered creatures were witnessed skulking around outside their homes, leaving what appeared to be deep scratches on the siding and strange three-toed prints in the ground. All families reported poltergeist activity in their homes. Plates and glasses seemed to take on a life of their own and flew around their homes. Deep, disturbing, disembodied voices could be heard, and dark, reptilian-shaped shadows were seen darting from room to room. All the homeowners who initially witnessed the balls of light reported the strangest thing of all. In defiance of the laws of gravity, their homes seemed to jump up and float off the ground. As the activity intensified, the residents called the police only to be told they had no jurisdiction over such matters. If the police could do nothing, who could? Enter legendary paranormal investigator and author, Dennis William Hawk. When Hawk arrived, he immediately visited the H residence as they seemed to experience most of the bizarre activity. As Hauk was interviewing Mrs. H and going over her journal, everyone present was startled by what sounded like a heavy sledgehammer striking the side of the house. Hauk ran outside to see if something was, someone was playing a joke, but found nothing. The only thing he did find was deep scratch marks in the siding left by a creature with only four fingers. When Hauk was done with the interviews, he got into his car and experienced strange electrical disturbances that were reported to him. The interior lights rapidly turned on and off, and the headlights flickered on and off as well. Hauk remarked to himself that he had never experienced something as strange as this in all his years investigating such claims. The next day, Hauk took his car to a local mechanic. The mechanic told him that nothing appeared to be wrong with the vehicle. The only strange thing he could find was the driver's side door had somehow become magnetized and was drawing shop tools to it. Hauk further discovered that a Geiger meter he kept in the trunk was pegged full scale and was beyond repair. Hauk came to the conclusion that whatever was plaguing the people of Grass Lake was legitimate and possibly dangerous. Three years after the investigation, Hauk returned to the small community and met with Mrs. H., only to discover that the poor woman had become a shell of her former self. Mrs. H told the investigator after he left, she had a nervous breakdown and her husband walked out, leaving her alone. Her family disowned her, believing she was insane. Mrs. H had lost her battle with the mysterious forces that plagued her and the small community she once loved so dearly. The lights are gone now, but the memory of what happened in Grass Lake is still there. I'm Rick Hale. And this was Ghostwatch. Fantastic, Rick. So, yeah, I mean, these are stories that you hear from, you know, places like, you know, Skinwalker Ranch, for example. Mm -hmm. And this actually happened. My uncle was friends with one of the, with um, one of Mrs. H's neighbor. Um, it was her son. And um, so I, when I came across this years later and I'm reading this and I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> I, 
I remember hearing these stories from my uncle and his friend. And at the time, I thought that they were bullshitting me. But no, this was legit. This happened. Uh, Grass Lake is actually now a part of the town of Antioch, which is up near the uh, uh, Illinois-Wisconsin border. But um, yeah, this is definitely one of those stories that's just, it's indescribable what these people had to deal with. It is. I had to grab mm. my Batman throwing star. I was wondering where you uh, where you ran off to. Just like that, man. Oh my god! This thing is yeah, real I... stainless steel. Ah, no, I'm kidding. But it's real stainless steel, and it can I be sharpened. My... my wife was right. You are the kind of person who has to pay for sex. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's cool, man. That's cool. Oh, I know. I know you know. Next week, Rick, I I, I want to do, there's going to be a haunted salvage segment. Yes, finally. And for those of you who aren't familiar with haunted salvage, it's a segment we do on this show every so often that uh, we talk about uh, an allegedly haunted object I have here in the studio. Well, next week, Rick, the haunted object is going to be the studio oh and to set this up for next week this is what happened okay now you know uh which you can kind of see back through that door the master of puppets thing that's where my recording studio is for music mm -hmm. well that was an entire renovation that used to be a bathroom converted it well you know you hear these stories that when you're making changes in your house renovating and it's already haunted the activity starts to pick up right right well very common tina's got a studio on the other side where where she works with her cricket and her crafts and stuff like that that mm -hmm. she's also been renovating we came home one day and i don't have a camera in that room yet um we come home one day and the light in her new studio was on now these mm -hmm. are light switch on off lights right so sure. you have to fit and it was on and I'm thinking, ah, she just forgot. She left it on. Right. Mm -hmm. A couple of days later, her and I are getting ready to go out shopping or, or whatever we were leaving for. And I come in here, shut my computer down. I walk back there. I don't know right where my fingers at. You can see the switch. Okay. Yeah, I see it. Okay. Yeah. So, and on the video, you see me turn the light off course this big ass light above me here that's antique it turns off because that's what it does and we yeah. leave well when we it's come back idea. we walk into the living room which is just outside the red curtain here and yeah. i'm seeing light coming from the studio in here and mm -hmm. i'm like i know for a fact i fucking turned that light off i open the door to come in here and this light is on Okay, I'm like, man, maybe I'm losing it. Maybe I didn't turn the light off. So mm -hmm. I reviewed the surveillance in this room. You see me get my jacket on, get everything ready. You see me flip that switch, walk out and shut this door behind me. And my wife and I leave. Mm -hmm. About 10 minutes after we left. Nobody in the house, nobody can get in this room. I and mean, when I say nobody, a dog or an animal or something, because we all know how they can flip light switches anyway. Oh, but, yeah. yeah um, the door is shut. 
this light just turns back on. Hmm. No human intervention whatsoever. And we're going to show you guys that video next week. Yeah, I can't. I honestly, I can't wait to see that. That's but, pretty um, cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. So, and and the week after that, where we welcome back to the show a, a previous guest, uh, Tony H. Cadwell, a filmmaker. Be- yes, he's become a good friend of ours. Stand yes. up guy. He's the the uh, the poster boy for what a shadow is. You know, the the people that believe the same thing we do, the same uh, Mm -hmm. philosophies, morals, ethics. Uh, He's on our team, buddy. You know, we can't wait to have him back. And we're going to be talking with him because I guess that he has been experiencing some hassle from Discovery Plus. Yes. Um, So we're going to, you know, learn all about that. We're going to learn about the film, uh, the film that he did after Balsam, um, Haunted Connecticut, which was actually was very, very good. Um, and uh, so, you know, we're going to welcome him, him back to the show in a couple and, weeks. And with Tony, we're also going to talk about the hassle we had. And we're not going to mention names or anything like that. Um, but we ran into a similar situation with a network mm-hmm. wanting our show, but with a list of changes. Yeah. So needless to say, we didn't take that deal. But no. Anyways, guys, if you have a suggestion for somebody you would love for us to interview on this show, please hit us up at shadowinitiativetalk at gmail.com. Of course, you can always talk straight with us, join in on the conversation at shadow initiative, or I'm sorry, at facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. It's daily paranormal conversation on there. Um, It's not for the likes of the tv crew the tv crowd um if that's your your jam (laughs) you're not gonna dig us (laughs) this is true so you know everybody thank you so much for listening this week great show we covered a lot and um you know again one of those if you have a story you can send it to my email uh which is rick e hale 46 at uh outlook.com that's R-I-C-K-E-H-A-L-E 46 at Outlook.com. Or you can send it to our, our email. What's the email? Shadowinitiativetalk at gmail.com. There you go. Send it to us. We'll read it on the air. We have more listener stories uh, for you in the future. So, uh, Stephen, thanks for a great show. Yeah, it was Good awesome. Times. Full of great information. Like Rick always says, goodbyes are the hardest thing, especially to something like gonorrhea. That makes no sense. It's hard to say goodbye to gonorrhea. It's hard to get rid of. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah, and again, thanks. thank you to the Association for the Scientific Study of Anomalous Phenomenon and the UK Paranormal Society for their Code of Ethics. That was outstanding. Um yeah, yes. I hope everybody lives by that. You are watching and listening to two full-blooded Americans who probably love the UK's philosophy on the paranormal a whole lot more than what we have here. This is true. This is true. So, hey, yeah, see you guys next week, and um, have a great week. Yeah, peace out. Peace out.